0: Today we've got a Mother's Day edition of Relatable. I've got my mom here. We're going to be talking about all things motherhood. I'm going to go through every stage of motherhood, ask her for her advice, her wisdom. We'll hear a little bit of insight into what it was like raising little Allie Beth. And so you're really gonna love this. It's very encouraging conversation and um, honoring for mothers everywhere. I am so thankful for my mom. I'm thankful that I get to be a mom. um, uh, we help make the world go round by the grace of God. So this episode is brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers. Go to GoodRanchers.com. Use code Allie at checkout. That's GoodRanchers.com. Code Allie. Mom, yes? thanks for joining. <laughs> again. Thanks for asking. Second time. People can go back and listen to the first time I had you on. I think it was about Halloween, uh, Halloween, Holyween. So people can go listen to that if they want an introduction to my mom. But I thought I'd do a Mother's Day episode and have you on. Um, And I don't really know what we're going to talk about. We're just going to talk about motherhood and the things that you've learned. Let's talk about the things that you've learned, like in each stage if you can just think of like one lesson that you learned from okay this is what this is one thing that I would want moms to know when they have the baby through toddlers and then we can move to like preteens teenagers and then adult children so if you were talking to a mom like me who has babies through toddlers if there's like one thing that you would encourage them in or tell them to do what would that be
1: well I think in every stage, I had to remind myself and um, that you can't do everything, and it's okay that you can't do everything. I used to hate the Proverbs 31 woman. Mm. I would read that, and I felt so inadequate, and just like, I can't do all that.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so I thought, this is what a woman has to be, a mom, and all all those things. An I, entrepreneur. I, yeah.
0: Going out, doing things, and... Tending the home. Yeah. I
1: can't do it. I can't do it. And so then I heard this woman um, and I was I was probably 40 when I heard this woman speak. And she was in her 70s and she was talking about the Proverbs 31 woman. And she said, this was a woman, first of all, probably not a real woman, but it was the ideal her ideal. Yes. And it was her lifetime. It wasn't one day in her life. She didn't do all of these things every single day. It was her lifetime. It, this is just sort of a synopsis of a woman. And uh and the it just relieved me so much that yeah oh wow okay over my lifetime i'm going to get to do these things or i'm going to accomplish some of the things that i want to do mm-hmm. i don't have to do it all right now when i'm 30
0: yeah right
1: and um so that's probably So what you were
0: allowed to think on your day to day cuz i think sometimes when you have small kids you can get to the end of the day and feel like i accomplished Nothing. All I did was try to keep everyone alive. Mm -hmm. And you can feel unsuccessful. Or you can, in some ways, maybe feel unfulfilled. Like, oh my gosh, there's so many problems in the world or so many other things that I could have done and I didn't do. So I guess remembering that the Proverbs 31 woman, that's an entire life, that it is enough. It is enough to keep people alive. Yes, it, <laughs> yes, it very much is yeah. enough. Yeah. I also tell people too, and obviously I'm still in the thick of this stage with my oldest being almost four and then the youngest on the way, is that like do the things that only you can do, mm-hmm. especially in those like postpartum days. If you can rely on other people to help you do the things, or just don't do the things that don't have to be done. Like right. you actually don't have to do the laundry right then. You actually don't have to pick up your bathroom right then. I think a lot of people, I don't know if it's Instagram or whatever it is, but they think that like, after they give birth immediately, you need to snap back to normal. Everything needs Get to be- back in beat. your skinny
1: jeans. Yeah, <laughs> organized,
0: your kitchen needs to look nice. And I think that really, it just stresses, it stresses people out needlessly.
1: Yeah. And even before social media, even when I was a young mom, it was still um, that pressure to to have it all together. And the good thing was we didn't see it every single minute of the day on somebody's feed. Um, But just going to her friend's house, you know, I had a friend who had three babies in about three years and uh, her last two were 11 months apart and she was determined after her third baby to get back, you know, down. She wanted to be in this little fashion show for, you know, women's ministry. And so she went from, you know, being a pregnant, you know, mom of three. Oh,
0: now I know who you're talking about. And
1: then... and then down to a size two
0: yeah
1: and in just a few months it's like I was a crash
0: like, diet right it was
1: super crash diet Ugh, yes like terrible for only you, sure. water and salad and yeah. you know just, it was terrible but that pressure to be everything yeah. and to look good doing it yeah has always been around I it's mean, just increased now
0: Yeah, I guess it, I mean, it goes back to biblical times. There's a reason why one of the Ten Commandments is thou shall not covet. I mean, we think of like just stuff like, oh, we want our neighbor's house or we wish that we had had their money or their status. But it's also wanting our neighbors put Mm togetherness, like wanting our neighbor's appearance, wanting how... Our neighbor like dresses their kids. And of course, it's not even your literal neighbor. It's everyone that you see on social media now. But that's been true since the beginning of time. Oh, I just wish I had it together like her. And I managed all these things like they do. And even coveting your own past.
1: Mm. So you look back at yourself when you were 18 and you say, oh, I was so cute. I was so, you know, look how skinny I was, you know, all of those things. And you felt like even though when you were 18, you didn't think you had it all together. But now when you're looking back, you think, oh, yeah, I had, you know, the world by the tail and I was going places. Um, So we can covet our own past Mm -hmm. as well. And I think that can be even more dangerous because you can't get away from that. You You can
0: also, I mean, you can covet the future. I think a lot of people in the, a lot of moms in this young stage can think, oh, I just can't wait till they can, they get a kindergarten. I just can't wait till they can dress themselves. I just can't wait until they're not trying to literally die every (laughs) second by jumping off the counter or something. Oh, it'll be so nice when they graduate from high school or whatever. And then of course, every mom in your stage just says, it's gonna oh, go by slow quick. Slow down. Yeah, it's it gonna go, go don't by don't quick. Blink. The days are long, but the years are short.
1: They are. They are. Um, I was just a picture popped up in my Facebook feed this morning.
0: Mom, it's too early in the conversation I'm just, sorry, <laughs> to start crying. And it was your. It
1: was just your firm and graduation, and you know which was nine years ago. And I think, and that was the day that you knew what you wanted to do because you were able to give That's that really graduation okay. speech mm-hmm. and um anyway it, it does it, goes it by does so go by so fast even though you think each day you think this day will never end yeah the hours from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. seem like the entire yeah day. yeah
0: and you're thinking oh, oh it's gosh. only nine I know you're like oh yeah it's 10 hours till bedtime yeah um Yeah. I mean, even just, I just think about this past year, my oldest being in preschool, I was emotional when I dropped her off at preschool for the first day. I didn't think about being emotional on the last day, Mm. but I'm like, oh my gosh, that, that just went so fast. She's already done with her first year in preschool. So the older they get, the more you realize how things speed up. Well, Um, and I think because
1: your life then really gets shortened to nine months is a year because you go by school years. And so it goes by so much faster when you're shortening your year to nine months. And um, it's just amazing. Once if you think of your children's lives, they really have about three six year segments. Mm -hmm. And those first six years are super hard because you're in it every second of the day and they just need so much and yes and then the second six years is different needs still intense but not exactly the same and then those last six you're preparing them to launch and wow that's that's when it really goes so fast
0: All right, quick pause to tell you about our first sponsor for the day, and that is Quinn's Goat Soap. Okay, I absolutely love this company, first and foremost, because I really like their products. So these are really natural products, they're made from the goat milk that is actually milked from the goats that this. Family owns and takes care of, and they make sure that all of their products are super high quality. They have all different kinds of shampoos and soaps, hand soaps, body soaps. I love their hand soap. I love the different fragrances that they come in. They have all kinds of different seasonal fragrances. In fact, right now they've got this amazing Mother's Day special where they give you four seasons of soap. So, 20 scented bars with four soaps and one shampoo bar for each season. So, every scent goes along with the season that it's in. Normally, the package is $120, but during this Mother's Day sale, it's only $99. And so a really, really good deal. Make sure Related Bros, you go ahead and make this order. I've been using Quinn's Goat Soap for my hand soap. They make my hands feel super soft. I love it. And I also love that I am supporting a family-owned company. Quinn, he's only 15. He started this company a couple years ago. He's super industrious and entrepreneurial, and now the whole family is involved. So it's just a really great way to not only put really good products on your body, but also support a family that supports the values that you and I have too. So here's what's different about Quinn's Goat Soap. So normally... Um, cleaners that you're getting, like body washes that you're getting in the store, they might actually clean your body, but they're also harming your skin because they're drying you out. They don't actually have the ability, the components to moisturize your skin at the same time. And so you're actually doing your body more harm than good. And that's why I like Quinn's Goat Soap so much because it actually is moisturizing you at the same time that it's cleaning you. And you can feel the difference. You can feel the difference after you use like your normal hand soap versus Quinn goats Quinn's Goat Soap. It really does leave your hands feeling so moisturized. And that's true of their shampoo. It's true of their body wash as well. Go to QP Goat Soap. Use code Allie for 10% off the total order. QPGoatSoap.com. Use code Allie for 10% off the total order. That's QPGoatSoap.com. Code Allie. So let's talk about the second six. The first six, we've kind of talked about just being in the thick of it, trying to outsource the things that you can, realizing that you don't have to have it all together. It is enough to keep people alive. And not just keep people alive, you're also trying to teach them how to live in society, how to be Christ-like, laying those fundamentals. So you're doing a lot. And I mean, that stuff really matters. And then the next six, okay, most of them are off to school. Maybe people are homeschooling, but they're in a different stage. They're more autonomous. They're more independent. What's difficult about ages six to 12?
1: I think the autonomy that begins because you've had complete control for the most part, from zero to six or zero to five yeah. or so, and um, you know you can tell them what to eat and tell them who their friends are. You've got every everything is right there, and then I once, try
0: to tell my children what to eat. It, well, it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't. You control work.
1: what they eat. They can't go cook themselves. Yeah. They can't you know just mm-hmm. go with a friend somewhere yeah. and you know eat whatever. Um, once they start school, um, if they're actually going to school you have a lot less control over that they're meeting people that you don't know you don't know their parents and um they're going to be invited to things where you know that's not something you would normally do um and anyway it's just a, a it's that beginning of the tearing away I mean the tearing away obviously begins when they cut the umbilical cord yeah but really letting letting them go and letting them you know make their own friendships and while you're still guiding that and protecting that and you know we had a lot of this you were my social um, kid who you know always wanted to be at somebody else's house and you know playing with all your friends and um, it was really hard because you know I needed I wanted to know who those parents were and every once in a while. And you did
0: for the most part. You didn't let us spend the night at someone's house if you did not know the parents. I
1: did, except one time that sticks in my mind. And, um, you know, it turned out that that family had an alcohol problem, um, even though they said that it was in their past but anyway i was warned after i had already let you spend the night and i had gotten to know this mom a little bit but um anyway mm. I, that yeah just kind of reminded me okay
0: you got to be vigilant it. And, and nowadays people don't even really do it's more acceptable to not do sleepovers at all and, and some of it is because of technology. I heard on a mothering podcast a, lot, a, a probably a year ago saying every family is as old as their oldest child. Yeah. And so if you've got a six-year-old that has a 12-year-old brother, well, that six-year-old is going to know a lot more than yeah. the six-year-old who is the oldest child in the family. They just have access to more. I mean, I, of course, I have two great older brothers and we didn't have social media. But I mean, i watched I think I watched Braveheart when I was like four. <laughs> And I think it was like, I think I Sandlot. probably went to kindergarten saying this is my favorite. Uh, my favorite movie is Braveheart. Yeah. Um, and then I, you know, I watched Boy Meets World and things like that. And so saved and by the bell, saved and, by the bell and, yeah. and all those things. And then it's harder also for parents because <laughs> then you would try to come in after and say you can't watch that anymore. Yeah. I remember watching Sandlot when I was five and I decided to repeat the one cuss word that was in it. and To the babysitter. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, re- I felt so guilty that I had to... N- okay, well, I'll just tell everyone the story of me, of my re- remembrance of saying my first cuss word. So I'd seen Sandlot where... Um, uh, what's his name? The Jet Rodriguez. What's his first name? Benny. Benny the Jet Rodriguez. He's running from the beast and he looks back when the beast is trying to get him and he says the S word. And for some reason, cuss words just stick in kids' heads and they're like, I must repeat this. <laughs> and it's funny, they always get it in the right context. In the right context. And yeah. we were, I remember the babysitter that we had, her name was Angela and it was during the day and we were running around like playing hide and go seek. <laughs> and I ran up to a gate And because I was running and I it was locked and I looked up and I just said, (laughs) "s." (laughs) We don't cuss on this podcast. (laughs) And I was like, I can't believe I just said that. (laughs) And I'm like, very as a young kid, too, I'm very concerned about like sin and forgiveness and all this Mm -hmm. stuff. And so which is a good thing. But I go I went to the I went to the babysitter in the kitchen and I was like, I said this. And I'm sure she was like, excuse me you're like five or four and so anyway so all that to say it's even more so now the things that kids have access to I don't really see myself allowing my kids to do sleepovers at other people's houses unless I like really 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 know the parents we have all the same rules about social media and devices and bedtime and all that kids just know more yeah. And they have more access to pornography and all that stuff than they used to. Yeah, I
1: I absolutely would not let my child spend the night with anybody unless it's maybe a cousin or, you know, a family yeah. member. But even then, <laughs> I don't know. I, I just, They're just you can things play to with think them. About. You can go to their house for, you know, uh, several hours of the yeah. day. But spend the night. There's something about the night.
0: Yeah. I mean, you just don't make good decisions. You no one make, really does. Yeah, And, and yeah. I mean, there were times growing up where y'all would pick me up late. Yeah. Y'all would pick me up. And I think that's an option if parents are willing to do it. You know, what? I'll pick you up at midnight, Yeah, you know, but you're going to sleep. And then another thing is, too, that you don't get sleep at those sleepovers. And then you're in a terrible mood. Terrible. Yes. So the autonomy, the independence, I think one thing that will be hard for me is like you were saying, making those friendships and knowing, because I went through this, that they will get their feelings hurt and they will get excluded and they will get rejected and they might get made fun of. Someone, I mean, unfortunately, girls, I mean, we're probably told, someone probably told us that we're ugly like as soon as kindergarten or that they didn't like our hair or that our shoes were dirty or something like that. I don't, think that i'm going to be able to tolerate that like i i can't even i i how do you do that how do you do that if someone is mean to your kid at school during those ages not as your little baby who does nothing wrong how do you handle that i did not handle it well i i I don't think i
1: got really upset when um you know, around fifth grade when, when y'all were really getting into it with, you know, there was two or three little girls that y'all used to be friends. And then all of a sudden you're writing me notes about each other, reading them out loud in class. Oh my gosh. It was.
0: <laughs> I know. And, and one of these girls, the her mom- name is Melissa <laughs> and she ended up being my maid of honor. So it, it, was it fine. does
1: work out, but I, you know, got really upset with the other mothers because they weren't stopping you know where i saw their children were the ones wrong
0: which was true which (laughs) i'm not saying that i was faultless but they would not they didn't want to reconcile yeah i don't
1: i don't know we still don't know what and they don't even know i've asked melissa what was going on i don't know (laughs) so um you know, kids are just mean. I had, I was bullied when I was in fourth and fifth grade. You there bullied was, your sisters a little bit. I did bully my sister, not just one sister, not my baby sister, um, <laughs> only the middle sister. <laughs> and um, yeah, it, it's just, it's just a rite of passage. Unfortunately, for that for that age, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, Um, really. I mean, you and Melissa reconciled around the bonfire in, in eighth, eighth grade. grade. It took a little while. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, typically it it sort of resolves itself. Um, it's harder now because you can keep egging things on where you could come home and not have any contact with Melissa uh, yeah. or the other girl for days and, um, you can't do that anymore. Well, you can, but it's harder with social media to stay away from people like that.
0: All right. Another pause to tell you about another amazing sponsor. I love this sponsor so much. And you guys do too, because you're coffee drinkers like I am. And you're like, hey, if I'm spending a bunch of money on coffee every day or every month, I might as well spend my money on coffee that supports my values and that is sending their money towards a good cause. And that's what 7 Weeks Coffee is doing. 7 Weeks Coffee supports hundreds of pro-life pregnancy centers across the country that are saving babies, that are sharing the gospel, that are giving resources to moms and dads who are in crisis to make sure that they have real life giving options for their babies. That's actually why they have the name 7 Weeks Coffee because it's 7 Weeks. That little baby in the womb is the size of a coffee bean. And so they started this company because they love coffee. They wanted to provide people with really, really high quality coffee, but they also wanted to make sure that they are donating a portion of each sale to these pregnancy centers to be able to save lives. They've actually raised over $100,000 in their first year of business, which is amazing. They're now supporting over 500 pregnancy centers. That's because 10% of every sale goes to those pregnancy centers thanks to people like you. So get your coffee to show up at your front door. Know that you are contributing towards an amazing, life-saving, God-glorifying cause just by ordering your coffee from 7 Weeks Coffee. Go to sevenweekscoffee.com. Use code Allie at checkout to save 10% off your order. So you've got a discount there too. 7 Code Allie to save 10%. percent Sevenweekscoffee.com Code Allie. If you were raising me now, like if I were in fifth or sixth grade now, how do you think you would handle the like device social media thing?
1: I hope I would, if I know what I know now and you, like it's right now, I would not let you have it. Yeah. I, yeah, I would not let you we have know it. You were much. even when you were in seventh grade or whatever, you still were one of the last people to get a phone and. Oh, really? Even though you were still too young. now If I knew yeah. then what I know now, I wouldn't have done that. Yeah, But there was no internet access on well, the phone. Well, I did, and- not on
0: my phone, but I do remember probably fourth grade. Again, it's because just my oldest brother, he had a screen name. Yeah. And so I would use his like AIM, which even that... Looking back, it was too much for me as a fourth grader, even though thank the Lord, I never talked to any weird stranger. Yeah. But that did happen to people and it was distraction. Like I remember almost feeling addicted to aim. Yeah. Like when I was like in fourth grade, because your little brain just can't handle it. And now with all the pictures and everything that's attached to it, like every every expert that I hear from. Like I had one on yesterday. It's delay, delay, delay. Delay. Yes. Delay as much as possible. And like it's okay if they're mad at you, which is easier said than done. But I was never mad at y'all. I know. I know you were just so compliant and so easy. I don't know. It was, you know, it was a breeze. People can probably tell from my personality now that I never had any opinions at all. Right. Right. Yeah. No, um, that was not true. Yeah. So okay, (laughs) let's talk about the next six years then. So And then the the middle six years, we've got the autonomy, learning how to let go, but also still having a lot. You still have to have a lot of control and influence over your kid's life during those times. It's not a time to just let go completely. It's a time to like maybe you loosen the leash. Yes. But the leash is still there. And in the next six years, I would say that's probably the hardest because you are loosening that leash, driver's license, phone, things like that. Um. But you, you're st- the leash is still there. It's so still it's difficult there. to know how much slack to give, right?
1: It is. It is. Especially when you're hearing, mom, it's so ridiculous. Everybody else is, you know, the the everybody else thing. And it would get me because I don't, I didn't want you. And no mother wants their child to be the only one that doesn't get to do anything. We may say, well, I don't care what other people do but we do. And so it's really difficult. But um, I remember when you were going into high school, so ninth grade, we had a meeting with all of your closest friends, the, the girls that you sort of really hung out with the most, all of their parents. We had them over for dinner. So we could... We thought this was a great idea. We would we would get everybody on the same page so that you couldn't come home or their daughters couldn't come home and go, well, Allie's mom or, you know, Danny's mom said, you know, you couldn't pit us yeah. against each other. So we got everybody. We we didn't make them sign anything, but we we just we should have. (laughs) But we were just like, okay, we agree that you know we're going to have a curfew. We're going to have you know no sleepovers, no coed
0: sleepovers, which was a big, very low bar. It's crazy that that would have even been a thing. But But it actually was when people would go to lake houses or something. There were boys and girls and homecoming and you know all of the the things they had about that.
1: Yes. A lot of of that. And I was like, so that silly. doesn't even, you know, I remember when Justin, they even did that when Justin. Yeah. And we didn't let him do it either. Yeah. And um, so that was so we had that that dinner and everybody was like, yes, this is great. We're not one of them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she yeah. did
1: that not it, one of them so you were the only I one was, i was i Mid- But
0: i mean looking back obviously i'm thankful for that like i think i had an 11 o'clock curfew um which that's now looking back i'm like y'all were obviously right that the closer you get to midnight the less likely you are to make good decisions it's just true but back then it was hard because Melissa, Melissa's is going to listen to this and be like, why do I keep getting brought up? <laughs> but, and you know, my friends, though, and they, they were they good, weren't, they, yeah, were they weren't out fine. drinking, they weren't yeah. having sex, they weren't doing those things, and neither was I. But their parents, I mean, they would sometimes come home really late and their parents didn't care or they would take it on a case by case basis, whereas like y'all didn't take very well to and now I understand. But if I called you at 1045 and said, actually, is there any way I can stay for an hour Y'all did not like that. Y'all yeah. did not like a change of plants. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, it put us on the spot, you know, and then yeah. we had to really look bad by saying no. Yeah. Um, or we'd give in a little bit. Yeah, you can stay till 1115 or 1130 or something, you know. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, that that is the most difficult part. And one of the things that actually helped us um with you the boys were especially Justin um you know Daniel's on the autism spectrum so we didn't have the same issues with him and Justin was always pretty compliant you yeah. know I mean um he's also a boy so it's just different it was a little different you know and he just didn't ask to to stay out later he didn't really care about doing that and you were just always more social but um, we decided to go to counseling when you were about 15, 16 years old. Yeah,
0: And this was because, just so everyone knows, it's because my dad and I, who I've had on a couple times, so everyone knows now that we have a great relationship now, a great relationship. I'm so thankful for my dad. But in high school, we didn't. I mean, we really butt heads. I mean, we went at it all the time because I felt like he was, he. I didn't like that he didn't trust me. So he would preemptively tell me you better not do that. And that would just irk me. Um, We just didn't get along. We just didn't mesh. I thought he was too overbearing. He thought that I was too probably pushing the boundaries a little bit rather than just saying, okay, sounds good, dad. And I never wanted to say that. (laughs) (laughs) And so it was a constant battle and you were in the middle kind of trying to always mediate, trying to be a peacemaker. Usually you were kind of, Defending me in a lot of those in a lot of those cases, Um, but it was it was tense. It was a tense time It was very I felt like one of those um,
1: Punching bags that you sit in the floor and you hit it and it just kind of goes that's what I felt like And uh, so I finally told your dad uh, We've got to get help because I can't live like this. and y'all can't either somebody's gonna kill somebody
0: and it may be me killing both we of you We did it. But. And just to reiterate, there was never any violence or anything like that in our home at all. No. We're just talking about being at each other's throats metaphorically. Yes. Um,
1: anyway, we went to a counselor <clears throat> and the, the best thing he told us, and I've shared this with parents many times is having a, um. Sort of a, a grid, I guess you'd call, or columns yeah, of categories. Uh, so you, you would have your uh, rules. Your, first, you would have your values. Your values are never going to change. We always value respect. We value honesty. Mm-hmm. We value love, all of those things. That is not going to change. In the middle, you would have your rules and then you would have your preferences. And those two things are going to exchange places. So your rules for your six-year-old might be you have to be in bed by eight o'clock. That's not gonna be the same rule by the time they're 16. Mm-hmm. That might be your preference that they go to bed at eight o'clock, but that's not realistic. So you begin to um exchange the rules and the preferences. And that way you're letting go gradually. Um, you know, one of the things that just drove your dad crazy. It didn't bother me as much, but was your messy room. And he wanted your room cleaned up every single day, you know, and I was like, ah let's let that be a preference. And let's say yeah. you have to clean up your room every Saturday Once a week. or yeah, something like that. And so that just happened to be our thing. Other families have, have different um, yeah. rules and preferences, but I just love that simplicity. And I that helped us so much um, that you could be a part of that conversation and we could say, okay, the rule has been your curfew is at 11 now maybe that's a preference and the rule is now going to be your curfew is at midnight yeah you know whatever so um i think that that was just a a really easy way for us all to agree and and have an adult conversation about it
0: All right, let me tell y'all about Crowd Health. This is an amazing company if you are looking for healthcare alternatives. It's a healthcare community that's committed to fixing the broken system that we're all frustrated with. We've all had to deal with the different kinds of stressful complications that come with health insurance. That's why Crowd Health exists. Crowd Health gives you the tools to negotiate and crowdfund your medical bills with other like-minded people. A Crowd Health membership is only 50 dollars that only has a $50 membership fee, and it gives you access to services like telemedicine, bill negotiation. CrowdHealth is bringing like-minded people together that help each other in their times of need. Insurance premiums, as you guys know, they're increasing. Deductibles are getting larger. Claims denials are becoming more common. CrowdHealth gives its members the freedom to efficiently and affordably break free from the antiquated insurance system. So opt out of restrictive health insurance plans, let CrowdHealth, uh, CrowdHealth help fit your healthcare needs. Get started today for just $50 a month. Use code Allie to get the healthcare you deserve. Join crowdhealth.com, code Allie, crowdhealth.com, code Allie. I remember the metaphor that he, that the counselor gave. And by the way, the counseling wasn't that easy. Like it was met with some resistance from dad, but I think he also learned a lot. Yeah from it um and my dad i mean y'all know he's a great great dad we just had you know personality a personality clash because we're similar similar in a lot of ways and that can be difficult especially when you've got a teenage girl but i think one thing that made it difficult was like the counselor would say okay metaphorically your dad is saying you've got peas and carrots you need to eat your peas before your carrots Mm -hmm. whereas maybe justin daniel would say it doesn't matter so okay i will sure yeah I would say it doesn't matter. So why should I? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> why, why would you even t- tell me that? Yeah. It doesn't matter if I eat my peas before my carrots. So let's hash this out right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I am let. I might do it your way, but it won't be because you told me to. Yeah. I'm not saying that that's a good characteristic that I had, but that's just kind of how things were. So everything always just kind of like escalated to this point of tension. Um, But then like things like that tension really kind of, resolved and relieved itself when I went off to college. So just like encouragement, I think for, um, because I'm sure that I was not the only teenage girl (laughs) that had this kind of adversarial relationship with their dad. Um, I mean, by the grace of God, I think both dad and I grew in our faith at the end of college, but also the distance Mm-hmm. And the autonomy that I really desperately wanted. Dad always said I was six going on 26. And I was. That's why school is hard for me. Because I would listen to my teachers and I'd be like, that's not right. <laughs> that's not right. And And so... I was finally an adult. And it it like literally is as good as I always thought it would be. (laughs) I love being an adult. I don't miss anything about being a kid or even being in college. I love being an adult. And so finally having that and y'all, like I went to South Carolina from Texas. It's a long way. Having that space, I think, really helped. I'm not saying that's the answer for everyone. But for us, I think that helped a lot.
1: Yeah. And I, I think that sort of the gradual uh from that counseling forward, it got a little better and a little better um until you went to college. And so it wasn't like going to college was the answer. Yeah. It was it was a very gradual growing in y'all's relationship. And then um me trying to step back and let y'all work that work out. out. Instead of jumping in and trying to, you know, pacify each side I had to step back and realize you weren't going to kill each other. Yeah. And um it I think I think that's what happened. Um and then just you're going off that far, you know, it's I don't I don't no matter what kind of relationship you have when your child leaves your home, there's a tearing away mm-hmm. that happens and you may have had the worst relationship kids you you see it all the time adult children still will come want that relationship with their parents yeah. and they may have been terrible parents but they will try again and again yeah. and again many times mm-hmm. and so sometimes that distance is what is needed to kind yeah. of foster that
0: and some parents too are are better at different stages, yes. you know? And like dad is a, y'all both are, y'all both are. So you had all the stages that you were good at, but um, he's a really good parent of adult kids, not just to me, but to Justin and Daniel too. Like he's a really like good parent friend like he's a good advocate and I enjoy talking to him about the things that we talk about so we're just because now (laughs) I I am on I mean not on you know his level but that like authority piece that was always difficult for me teachers with anyone is not there anymore as much you know or really at all and so that allows it to just be a lot more
1: Right. Well, now you you respect him in a different way. It's not out of authority or fear, fear. or, yeah. you know, uh, you're trying to tell me what yeah. to do. It's just on that more yeah.
0: pure respect. Yeah. And it's also just maturity. I mean, you're just immature yes. when you're 16. You just are and you can't see things. And so it's so difficult. And I just like empathize with that. And I hope I remember that for my kids, like how physically incapable you are as a teenager to think through consequences and what you feel seems so absolutely true. Yeah. It just seems so true and you really can't be convinced otherwise. And so I just hope I remember that. And you were always good at that. Like if I went through a breakup or something, you obviously knew this is this is going to be fine. She's going to be fine. She's going to meet someone else, but you never made me feel like you're so dumb for caring about that. Yeah. Um okay, we only have a few minutes left, but adult adult years now as a like a grandparent mothering adult children and i know like daniel has different needs and things like that and so that's you know a whole conversation in and of itself having a um an adult child with special needs but just in general like what tips do you have for parents whose kids are out of the house or they're getting independence they're becoming grandparents now um uh, well, you know, it, it's it's
1: the whole process of parenting is letting go, as we've been talking about. And um, so once you've kind of let go through college and if they didn't go to college, maybe they've moved out of the house and they're, you know, have their own apartment or whatever there. It's it's a little easier. And so once they're adults, you can start to have that relationship like you were talking about with dad, um, more of a friend um relationship and you can talk about adult things and um just have normal conversations i feel like and um it it is hard not to slip back into mama mode you know and and when they call and tell you about something and you want to go fix it it, it's you just do and i still don't want somebody hurting you or or hurting your feelings you know when when i see comments on
0: that's good i never get any (laughs) mean comments or messages so you don't have to worry Um, about that and and
1: then that just um Mm -hmm. multiplies to the grandchildren yeah you know that's oh yeah don't don't mess with my grandkids. Yeah. Yeah. It won't be. What pretty. is it
0: like becoming a grandparent? It's not the same feeling that you have, right? Like when they lay the baby on your chest and there's that inexplicable tidal wave of love. And you were like, I will literally take you out if you do anything <laughs> to my child. And I don't care. Yeah. And, but you say that it's the same thing for your grandkids, but it can't, it's not the exact same, right? Like what is the difference? It's different, and-
1: but it's multiplied. It's, it's like, it's not that. Oh, I don't know. I started to say it's not that I love them more than you. But, oh, <laughs> but,
0: but you might. Maybe, kind of. Kind of. Well, you don't um, have to do a lot of the difficult it's stuff. The,
1: it, I think that's it, that you get to love them and that's it. You don't have to discipline them. You know, not really. Um, it, it's just easy. And, yeah. and you're just so thankful that, wow, we did it you yeah. know we we got them to adulthood and now this they is our kids. reward and, and and they're keeping you know. their kids alive That's yeah good. <laughs> and it's um i don't know it's it is it's hard to explain it's just like hard to explain parenthood yeah you can't really explain that feeling to someone who's never had a child and it's the same way with grandparent
0: yeah yeah All right, last sponsor for the day and that is Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. Man, we don't even we don't even have to talk about right now how crazy the world is, the direction our country is going. We just want to make sure that every effort, every dollar we put forward is actually advancing the causes that we believe in that are actually Helping reroute our country rather than helping the destruction of our company. So, switching to Patriot Mobile is a really great step that we can take because these big mobile companies have been dumping millions into left wing causes. And so, it's not helpful for us to partner with them. Instead, we can partner with Patriot Mobile. They offer dependable nationwide coverage on all three major networks so you get the best possible service in your area without the woke propaganda being pushed by. The activist left that's working hard to destroy the things that we believe in. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you are supporting free speech, religious freedom, sanctity of life, Second Amendment, military veterans, first responders. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching really easy. Just go to PatriotMobile.com slash Allie. You'll get free activation when you do, or you can call 878-PATRIOT, PatriotMobile.com slash Allie, PatriotMobile.com slash Allie. Okay. Last 30 seconds to the mom who, or no, not the mom, to maybe the woman who is scared to bring kids into the world. Mm. She, she's a Christian. So, you know, she's married. She feels like she should have kids. She wants to have kids, but she's scared because the world is scary. And so she's hesitating or whatever. Like, what's your encouragement to the mom who is scared to raise kids in the crazy culture that we have today?
1: Well, I think every generation has had something to be scared of, and um, but we we all keep having babies, <laughs> and I, I just encourage you to trust that if you feel that that nudge that it's time to to have a baby, do it. Um, God is in control, and every you know the the moms in World War II, you know, were having. A lot of, you know, there was a lot of anxiety going going on at that time. The moms in the 50s, in the 60s, you, you yeah. had the, you know, the H-bomb and the Cuban Missile Crisis and all of those things. That was super scary back then, too. Then in the 60s, you had all the riots and the race wars and all of those things going. Every generation has had something to be afraid of. And um, and yet we had babies and, mm-hmm. um, we kept the world we going and that's what we're supposed to do.
0: Yeah. That's and what I darkness, like. darkness needs light too. I mean, if there's anything that you can do to contribute to goodness that's in the world, raise wise and strong and brave kids. Right. What you said reminds me of that C.S. Lewis quote and I can't remember it verbatim, so I'm going to butcher it, but He's talking about like when you, they were scared of the atomic bomb. Yes. And, you know, all the drills and everything that was going on and people are asking, how are we supposed to live? What are we supposed to do? And he's like, the same thing that people did when they were scared of Viking attacks, the same yes. thing that people did when they were scared of the bubonic plague, the same thing that we did. Like you said, during World War I and w- World War II, we kept going, doing the things that glorify God. Like, and he's like, uh, you know, a microbe can kill you. Yeah. And and you, everyone here that he was, it's a radio show. He's like, everyone here is going to die. A lot of us are going to die in really gruesome ways. And so this just adds another thing to the list that we might die from. And so if is, he was like, if the atom bomb finds us, let it find us like drinking a pipe with our friends, reading the Bible, bathing the children, cooking dinner, doing the things that God has called us to do, because nothing that we do in the way of anxiety is going to stave off death. So it Jesus said, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? God has already he's going to equip the next generation for whatever obstacles it faces. And what better, you know, every time somebody has
1: a baby, almost every time there's so much excitement around that and so much hope. (laughs) And I think new life does that. It gives new hope. Maybe this, you know, this will be the the child that, you know cures
0: cancer or you know something like that you never know you don't you You absolutely image bearers of god are credits to the world rather than the secular view that human beings are just burdens to the world and that's our responsibility as christians as mothers to make sure to carry that message to the world so thank you so much mom happy mother's day Thank thank you